It's the H-Dog Pod with your host, Michael the Hound Dog Harrison. Hey, hey, welcome to episode 33, the Patrick Waugh edition of the podcast. Of course, everyone remembers the Hall of Fame legendary goaltender who won four Stanley Cups. I wish he'd get another crack at being an NHL head coach because in his very first game with Colorado, he went wild and slammed the glass and went after Bruce Boudreaux, the opposing coach. His first game, it was iconic. It was amazing, and it, but his boisterous style might prevent him from getting another shot. But I've long thought he's destined to coach the Montreal Canadiens. Wouldn't that just be the perfect PR match made in heaven in a couple years when they're toiling in mediocrity? Hopefully. I loved, however, an all-time amazing clip that he said when he beaked Jeremy Roenick for chirping at him. I can't really hear what Jeremy says because I got my two Stanley Cup rings plugging my ear. <laughs> what a beauty. I found it was absolutely apropos. Good word that I use a lot. He should be the focus of this episode because my guest actually makes a similar comment in the interview about her ears being plugged. So it reminded me of that classic clip from Wah. So let's get at it. Without further ado, let's get cracking. Okay, now welcome on TSN Zone, Kate Burness. She's hosted SportsCenter for nearly 10 years along with reporting for the Raptors Championship run. She hosts the CFL and TSN Soccer, March Madness. list goes on and on. She also runs the Hermark Summit, an annual event aimed at empowering female leaders. Welcome to the H-Dog Pod, Kate. Thank you for having me. You just made me feel old listing all those events. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that, I guess that went the opposite way, because the, the follow-up question I was going to say was, uh, how's my flattery on, on a scale of 1 to 10 there? So I guess it's a 1? Hello? So... Hello? Oh, sorry, man. I think I just dropped it really quick. Oh, damn. No, no, that's, that's okay. That's, you can start from the top again if you like. I can, I can, I can, I can redo that. Don't worry. I actually, I, I kind of like this, uh, this, uh, this right now. This happened to me with uh, a previous guest, Jamie Rydell. Uh, he also dropped out. Uh, no, oh, that's I, hilarious. <laughs> yeah. You put you put Jamie Rydell on your podcast before you put me on. Man. Oh boy. I was gonna say, how's my flattery on a scale of one to ten with that intro? But it sounds like uh, I'm on like a negative ten, perhaps. No, I'm just kidding. It's, it's incredible, <laughs> honestly. Like, but but when you list it off too, I mean, like, I'm just like, man, I've been like, it's it's longer than ten years goes by so fast. Oh, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, it's pretty yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. And uh, I also realized actually when I was putting uh, some questions together last night, uh, you're the fourth woman on this podcast, and each one of them uh, starts with the letter K randomly. Uh, Kristen, Katie, Kara, now you. Big shoes to fill. Uh, do you think you're up for the challenge or? Oh, I'm more than up to the challenge. Like <laughs> I've been the most competitive person since the day I was born. So let's rock and roll. <laughs> I love it. Uh, <laughs> uh, tell us your, your career path uh, that led you to get to TSN. So I think like 99% of sports broadcasters, we all want to be pro athletes in some capacity. And uh, I really, I really had this dream. Like when I was a kid, I told my parents every single day that I was going to the WNBA. They actually created WNBA when I was, when I was a child. Um, and I was like the most pumped for it because I knew I was destined for it. Uh, I also didn't realize that uh, dreams compared to skill set. I mean, I had the hard work, <laughs> but, you, you know, I think you have to be uh, you got to have a little bit of natural talent in there as well. But um, I, I fell in love with basketball at such a young age. And I know being in Canada, that's a little bit different. But I, I don't know. There was something about the game that immediately drew me to it. And I played as high as I possibly could. 
Um, unfortunately, my, my body wasn't made for basketball. I'm, I'm five foot four. I'm stocky. I'm a little bit muscular. You know, that's the perfect basketball right. body. Um, <laughs> but I blew out my ACL when I was 17 oh, and it kind of, it kind of just made me, uh, you know, start to re- maybe have a little more reality in my thinking. And, you know, I, I knew right away it had to, whatever my career was, it had to involve sports. And if I, like the dream career would involve basketball. Um, so it, it just started making me think, and I used to watch, I used to watch sports desk cause I'm old mm-hmm. and, uh, and then sports center. And I literally remember thinking, watching that show one day, I could read a highlight pack and I'm like, well, this might be an option. And yeah, I uh, started up at local TV, did all my volunteer work there and broadcast every high school sport, which I honestly absolutely loved. Uh, then I went up to Barrie, Ontario. I worked for what's the um, CTV Barrie now. It was uh, the it wasn't the new VR. It was a channel Barrie when I was there. And uh, and then one day I got a phone call uh, from TSN when I was 25 and asking if I'd like to come down for an audition. And that's been my career ever since. Wow, that's uh, that's pretty great. And who've uh, who've been sort of your more memorable uh, people you've interviewed? There there have been a few to be quite honest with you and. Uh, you know, I, I've never, and even as a kid, uh, I, I never really got starstruck. Um, I always thought that athletes were absolutely incredible in what they could do, um, you know, just from, I always thought of them as kind of superhuman. So the way I, mm-hmm. I remember seeing, you know, I would say, you know, first live NBA game, and I'm literally thinking, I saw Jordan live once and thinking, oh my God, a human can fly. Like it was like <laughs> that kind of uh, sense for sports for myself. Mm-hmm. So I've never really, I don't know. I've never really thought of these guys as any anything different than you and I, for example. Um, but I'd say my most memorable interviews by far are with the Raptors because I work with the team now. Well, not right now, but uh, when I did, um, I had a great one with Kyle where he can be he can be hilarious. And uh, you know, I said, "Oh, the big news this summer was that Kawhi Kawhi left for LA." He's like, "Kawhi left." <laughs> he just went on about this and. I remember the jump picked it up and stuff. They made fun of my Canadian accent. So, um, so like those ones are great. But honestly, the only time I've ever been nervous is in an interview was uh, doing a podcast interview with Doris Burke. And the only reason I was nervous was because she's my idol. And I hate using that word idol, but I think uh, I think it's very fitting for Doris. So uh, the only time I can actually remember getting nervous for something on TV in the last 10 years was was Doris Burke. I totally thought you were going to say uh, the, for the first time you got nervous was to do this podcast. I thought that's where you were going with that. I, I mean, I, I, and... this is a close second. <laughs> like, this is a close second, honestly. <laughs> uh, how was a? It must have been, oh, obviously, incredible uh, when the Raptors won, just being down there with the players when they were celebrating. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think back to this day, and it, it took me a long time to even even think that it really did happen. It's kind of one of those moments in life, and you know, I've been a diehard since '95, and you know, you put put aside being a fan. Obviously, you have a job to do. Um, but I remember thinking in that fourth quarter, um, I was sitting courtside and thinking, "Oh my God, like they're gonna they're gonna win this." Uh, long story short. Um, I was supposed to interview Kyle on the floor right after the game, and uh, he went up to the stage with his boys, which is totally understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're like, we're going to the locker room. And I was like, okay. So then I went to the locker room. Our cameras didn't go past the floor, so I didn't have a camera. So I'm like, oh, I dropped the ball again. Like it was, I thought it was going to be the worst moment of my career. <laughs> and then all of a sudden the door opens. He's like, hey, TSN? I'm like, yep. 
and I don't know who this guy is. And he's like, I'm your camera. And here's your mic flash. Let's go. And I remember opening the doors. I'm not even kidding you. No goggles, no nothing, like whatever. And just getting absolutely annihilated with (laughs) champagne. And then, but then all of your instincts kick in and I saw Kyle, he's like, what's up, let's do this. And I'm like, Oh my God. And I just, I just interviewed every guy I possibly could. And I'm not going to lie to you. I think I was a little bit buzzed at the end of it. And I'm totally good with saying that. <laughs> Can you describe your journey from the G league to the bench last year to an impactful starter? I mean, it has been the most incredible run. How do you even put it into words? It is hard to fathom they actually did win. When they lost uh, game, I guess what would have been, uh, game five, and they perhaps should have won that game. I think it was, a, what, the third quarter they, they had a bad um, start to that. Yeah. I was like, oh, boy, this is like a class. I think uh, the classic Toronto sports fan came uh, came out in me, and I was like, oh, that was their one chance. They had the chance. They let the the, the champs off the hook, and then uh, now they're going to lose. So it's incredible that, uh, that they got it done. So good. Well, and like I thought too, I'm, like same thing, right? So I had covered the last two series against Cleveland, the two years previous, right? Mm-hmm. So you can't blame any of us for thinking, oh, here we go again, right? But mm-hmm. I mean, Kwai was the, as soon as Kwai started doing things, you're like, oh, okay, this, this may be the difference maker this year. Um, but I thought truly uh, when they were down two games to Milwaukee, Ooh, I was like, yeah. that's it. I'm like, they're tired. They're like from the, just the just the whole emotional end to the Philadelphia series. I'm like, oh, this is this is going to be it for them. And then I remember Nick Nurse switching Kawhi on to Giannis, and I'm like, oh, this this has changed. And then just it, it, it was just it was so remarkable. Like I still, as I said, I still can't. I still think about it and try to process it, and it still still seems so surreal. And the, the Razors uh, edge, uh, you know, they they won in double overtime in that game three against Milwaukee. Obviously, if they lose that, they're pretty much toast down three nothing. It's just amazing how sports, like just different teams, how they could be totally viewed differently in the narrative of them, completely different, had they made a shot or missed a shot, etc. Obviously, if they, if they miss that shot and they lose in overtime to, to Philly, then it's all oh, same old, same old with the Raptors. Like, it's funny how they just were able to get through those couple hurdles and then they, they got it done. Well, and that's it too. And it's just, and I keep reverting back to it. And even, you know, we're doing... You know, obviously this weird different season now too, and I, I, I and I get it, I'm biased, but I don't see the, any reason why this team couldn't repeat. And, you know, in that series, especially against Milwaukee, look at the guys that stepped up, and I know we joke about it a lot, but when Fred Van Vliet uh, Jr. was born, yeah. I mean, Fred all of a sudden found his shooting stroke, and it was like, oh my God. Like, And when teams aren't expecting that too, right? Like Nick Nurse is so good at adapting. Like he'll rely on those players that he can see that are coming through. And, you know, a guy like Mike Budenholzer on the other side, he's not adjusting to any of it. He's just sticking to his game plan that he used in one and two that obviously won convincingly. So I just think that that for the Raptors is just such it, – it sounds so simple, but it's just such an advantage in the NBA that they do have this tremendous depth. Well, I was in, in, in Denver more apparent this year. I often find, like, uh, I guess years back with Eric Spolstra with the Heat, I was sort of like, oh, well, he just has LeBron and, you know, and Bosch and Dwayne Wade. Like, you know, he's happened to be along for the ride type thing. But then every year since, I believe every year, maybe there was one they, that they did in the Heat, but they always make the playoffs. They're always a, a competitive enough team. And it just shows, like, okay, you know, this, guy, this guy's actually a really good coach. And Nick Nurse's coaching job this year, arguably better than last year. And I agree. And I remember like the line he had last year, like uh, I think it was something along the lines of like, I've got the keys to the Lamborghini. I'm just trying not to mess it up type of thing. Um, But I think too, there were a lot of instances that 
his coaching was absolutely key. And, and especially from like, we never talk about the defense of that team either and just how fast they could adjust. And yeah, make fun, go ahead, make fun of the boxing one all you want. It actually worked. And it's the only thing that they could possibly do on Steph at the time. So I, I agree. A guy like Eric Spolster, same thing. Yeah. You have a ton of superstars, but I've seen a, I've seen a bunch of teams with a ton of superstars that have done absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, what about, uh, I'll leave a couple of people and you tell me your impressions of them. Uh, Jack Armstrong. One of my favorite humans, one of my absolute nice. favorite humans on this planet. Um, Jack, uh, you know, if even if, like I don't have many bad days, but you come in just like, you know, something happened or you're just overwhelmed by stuff. You look at Jack and it's an immediate positive attitude. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I certainly don't take that for granted. So uh, I love Jack and I think uh, Canada loves Jack more than you'd ever know. I've never been out with a bigger Canadian superstar, I think. <laughs> I remember once uh, a couple of years ago, he was sort of wandering around the studio. He couldn't find, uh, I can't remember what he was looking for, but yeah, it, it was just like this. He's just the nicest man ever. Like he's just super cool and uh, I, just so down to earth. Oh, he's so down to earth. And one of the coolest parts of Jack too, and I think what, you know, you wouldn't see, um, you know, as a viewer at home, he's one of those analysts that I could, we could be live into any show. Like March Madness is a really great example of this too. And then all of a sudden, and any producer will tell you this, all of a sudden the, the NCAA feed will say, oh, we're not ready. Like we're not going to the stadium right now, right? So they're still in commercial break and all of a sudden we've got like a minute to fill, whatever it is, right? I'm not kidding you that as a host, you can throw something at Jack Armstrong and he will give you just a, like a 45 second answer. He is, he is what we think of as like a savior in that in that position. So yes, he's a, he's an unbelievable human being, but he's actually, he's so incredibly talented mm-hmm. too. To be able to do that on the fly on national TV, I think is so cool. Absolutely. Uh, what about uh, Sam Mitchell? Oh, Sam. <laughs> so it was really funny because I never knew, obviously Sam, I think I was, he was very, he was very kind. Uh, when I was, uh, when I was, I, I didn't, I maybe reported once or twice, but we never really got to know each other. And, uh, Sam is the greatest because he's so honest. Uh, he will not hold back at all. His stories um, are absolutely hilarious. And, uh, and yeah, just like his experience in his time in Toronto. And I think he's just enjoying it now, kind of, you know, being on the other side. But, uh, but Sam, same thing. It's like, you know, it's like Jack. Uh, he's the salt of the earth. He's a genuine human. And, uh, and he's incredibly talented. I love his lean too. Like when he first got on air, I'm pretty sure I did like his first or second show on TSN. And he just had this cool, like lean back that no one else had. And everyone makes us sit up straight. They're like, nah, Sam, you can, you can just keep leaning. (laughs) Oh yeah. He's a, he's a beaut. Uh, what about uh, Leo Routens? Oh my God. Same thing. Well, first of all, Leo, uh, Leo lives we saw Leo's quarantine life. Um, pretty good. Leo's Leo's doing okay for himself, but I mean the wine and twine stuff was just the funniest thing. I, I loved it. It was just like a refreshing thing. And you know what? I always uh, when I think of Leo, I think of the stuff that he sends out a uh, morning affirmation every day on Twitter. And uh, and again, that's the type of person he is. It's this consistent positivity, uh, this outlook on life that you know that's awesome. And, uh, it just, you know, we ask him about his dog. I mean, he's got this wild family of, of dogs and it's just, you know, 
he just lives this this awesome life and uh, an unbelievable unbelievable father too. Like his, I think a lot of the time too, we look at uh, kids and you know just respectful kids. So uh, yeah, just uh, just like the whole bunch of them are just great guys, to, and they're great guys to work with, and great guys just to be around and have a nice glass of wine with as well. Mm. Uh, and you're saying uh, him, uh, you know, seeing him on Instagram with his post uh, or sorry, his quarantine life. Uh, I see the vid- Instagram vid- videos of you. Uh, we share a common bond in the in the the fact that we're both insanely jacked. Uh, what's your uh, workout routine? <laughs> yeah, that's what you were doing during quarantine, eh? Uh, I did do insanity. Yeah, I did uh, three months of that crap, and uh, it actually, uh, I'm, I'm obviously not jacked at all, but uh, it was pretty good. But my goodness, it, it, as the name suggests, is definitely insane. Uh, yeah. So basically, as soon as all the gyms shut down, I'm very fortunate that. Uh, couple friends in the city who run CrossFit gyms who, you know, you just feel awful for, um, right now. So, uh, you know what, as happy as I am that things, things are opening up, hopefully it, it's safe and, uh, and they can get back, but they've actually done a great job too. turning. They turned to online really, really quick as well. And they've got a really nice base there too, which I think is really cool. But anyways, in the meantime, since they weren't having the people in the actual physical gyms, I was able to rent out a ton of stuff. Um, so my condo is a complete disaster. It still currently is. Um, so I've got a TV studio in one corner and then I got like an Airdyne bike, which is one of those assault bikes. Um, now the block weights, they just had to go back to the gyms, but I actually, cause I'm not quite comfortable. I'm not ready to go to the gym yet. Um, so I've got a bunch, I got stackable weights, uh, now and the TRX and yeah, I've been playing a ton of basketball. So that's pretty much been my uh, routine. And as you know, we were talking about before we started the podcast, the fact that, you know, it's been restrictive, but the weather's been nice. I mean, it really helps to exercise outside. I was actually running a ton too, but I kind of busted up my calf. So one thing at a time. Yeah. So what, what's the, uh, what's the post workout meal? Are you like a Bryson DeChambeau just hammering uh, protein shakes? <laughs> No, like Bryson is when I look at like before and after of that cat. And I think with golf too, I'm always like, you know, does that like, don't you want to be, you know, maybe like a little more trim, like in terms of finesse, but I'm watching the way he's playing this year. And Mike, like, he really did it. He said he was going to get jacked in quarantine and he did. Um, but yeah, no, I would say my best uh, post meal for sure. I do fasting cardio in the morning. Uh, I'm big on eggs. I like, uh, I eat everything natural. So I'll do some avocados, some eggs, um, you know, a little bit of cheese. And then in the daytime, uh, I do a protein shake for sure. Uh, in the middle of the day and then some nice, uh, tonight, for example, I'll be doing a steak. So I'm very protein oriented. I'm really getting ready for the Olympics. Yeah. That's a, that sounds like a good uh, meal there. Uh, what's a good post, uh, sorry, what's a good workout routine for a dude that likes uh, to drink too many beers, uh, asking for a friend. <laughs> hey, here's the thing too. It's all in moderation. I do explain this to, um, my best friend, Sylvie Tatro, she, uh, she's a nutritionist and she has what's called the non-negotiables. Uh, wine is my non-negotiable, but I do like a pint after playing basketball. Um, but, uh, a, a nice routine to be quite honest with you. I think I love full body. I know a lot of people like doing specific things, but I've always been a full body type of person. I always start out with the cardio and I try to vary it from steady state to intervals and then I'm a huge person with lunges, um, whether they be body weight or you grab a couple of dumbbells. I like a TRX because I think you can do a bunch of things. You can do some rows with it. Um, and I always add in just the simple things in life. Like I love doing air squats. I love doing push-ups. I love doing sit-ups. Um, and I also do them at tempo pace too. So not just like, okay, I'm going to go crank out like 10 push-ups. 
I'm going to do it like three seconds down, one second up. So I think personally, just, uh, just variety and you don't need a lot. Like people are like, Oh, I need all these fancy machines. No, you really don't. Maybe a couple dumbbells. That's fine. But, um, I think like functional fitness is one of the coolest things ever. So I'm gathering from that, uh, beers aren't the best part of working out, I guess. Eh? Oh, hundred percent. One hundred percent. Darn. Actually, I do like going on long walks. I think uh, walks are, I'll I'll go for, you know, I've walked to work uh, numerous times, you know, like a couple hour walk or four hour walk, whatever. Like I don't do it all the time, but I think that's a lot more fun to me than working out. For some reason, just like being in the gym, it just, I don't love it as much. No, but the thing is too, is like, even like that, right? Like, like I know, you know, my mom would be the same way. Like she, like she loves walking and stuff. You don't have to go crank out like a 10 K every single day. Like your body was meant to move. Like humans were meant to move. So that's like my big thing, like a four hour walk for sure. That's as beneficial as me probably going out there doing sprints. So it's just, you don't have to, I think a lot of it, to be quite honest with you, it comes down to diet. Um, I think, I think everyone, like I personally think for myself, it'd be 75% diet, 25% working out. Mm -hmm. I've always loved working out. Um, I have the ability to gain weight very fast. Um, you know, I have friends who could eat mm, 3000 calories a day and lose weight. It's absurd. Um, but that's been my biggest thing has been like learning about food and what food does my body. And again, I, I attribute that to Sylvie and what she's done for me. When I processed food, like anything processed, that mm. really, really helped me. Hmm. Well, yeah, no, it, like you said, it, it totally is the diet. And unfortunately, uh, it's not the greatest for me. So I got to improve on that. <laughs> no doubt about it. Well, but the thing is, too, I mean, it's really hard for us to not to make excuses, Um but I think like a lot of people, if they know or if they don't, is that we, uh, you know, we work nights, right? So we've, we work these odd, weird hours, right? And try to like, you know, eat, you know, in four hour increments, starting at nine, going to whatever. Like, it's really difficult to be quite honest with you. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Uh, back yeah. to, uh, you know, working uh, TSN, I didn't ask earlier, uh, do you have any like amazing like on air uh, blunders or embarrassing moments or things you're just like, oh, geez, what did I just do? Oh, God, how many how many minutes do you have? <laughs> 17 hours. Um, OK, so <laughs> I would say, yeah. OK, so my first one, I'll never forget this one. I think I was this is in my first like two weeks of work. Um, am I allowed to swear on your podcast? Sure. OK, so I said Tiger Woods is spitting second. <laughs> So, so instead of sitting, obviously, and I am so glad that, uh, they did not, I don't know how this isn't in the system. Like I used to be able to see some bloopers here and there. I think they've been wiped out, which is totally understandable. Um, but yeah, no, this was a bad one, but you should have seen my face after I did it. Like I just came up and I'm like, Oh God. And I immediately you're like, Oh God, I'm fired. Like I thought I'm like, well, it was a good two weeks at TSN. <laughs> I guess this is good. But like no one ever said anything. Like no one. And I went back and I did look at it because we have the ability to look at it our, in our computers. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I full blown said that. <laughs> so didn't get fired. That was a good one. <laughs> and then um, and then I guess the other one where I was kind of like a, an oh shoot kind of moment was on the craft tour. Thank God I was with one of the greatest broadcasters in Rod Smith. Oh, I was um, going to bring him up we earlier. Were, so good. Oh, I just love Rod Smith. So um, what happened was there was a, a Nova Scotia in the summer. Like these storms can come in and oh my God, it's just, it can be so outrageous. So all of a sudden there was a gust of wind right before this. Like we are like in a five count to the show. It's like five, 
for boom, gust of wind, all my scripts gone. Oh no. <laughs> but the worst part about it was we were going into footy highlights, which I'm fine with the main teams over in the premier league. But so thank God, man, you was one of the teams, but they were taking on like Borussia Dortmund or something ridiculous who I obviously am not up to speed with <laughs> on a random Saturday in not. Nova Scotia. Right. <laughs> So anyway, so I'm like, I'm like looking down and all of a sudden Rod looks over and you can just see Rod's like, I've got this. And I'm like, I don't have this. <laughs> so he's like, welcome to the sports center. Welcome to the craft tour, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, and we begin with funny. Isn't that right, Kate? And I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, we get into the highlight pack and I forget what he did, but I, thank God it was Wayne Rooney when he's playing. I was like, oh my God. I'm like. Right away, I'm like, I knew, it was, like, and thank God it was a couple of highlights of him. But then Smitty jumps in with just some great commentary. He's like, well, you should see it in Nova Scotia. They love footy. Like, I forget what he said, but he just completely saved my ass, to be quite honest. <laughs> He's just so those are, like, the two that, like, really stuck out that I'm like, oh, my God, I have no idea what I'm going to do here. <laughs> yeah, no, I was, was going to ask about him earlier in terms of uh, just – Absolute legend in Butron. Everyone loves him, and he's just the incredible, incredible human being. Um, what was for your favorite place you went to on the on the craft tour? Oh man! Oh uh, yeah, Manitou, Manitoba. Um, that's funny because I had to think about that for a second because it's been so long, and I do dearly miss that. I love mm-hmm. that. That was like one of the coolest things that we did at TSN. So what had happened was they shut down. I think the town was five. I want to say the town was five hundred. Um, they shut down like the main road. I mean town's tiny for goodness sakes we set up the it was like a rock concert coming in and they set up the stage right in this main street and i remember looking out the bus and the entire street was packed and people were on the roofs like they were literally sitting on the roofs like ready to watch this i think they said that there was over two thousand that showed up oh jeez right so it was just like i mean the town's only 500 so every single surrounding town came to this and it was so deafening trying to do anything on that show like we have i had double ifbs in so both my ears were plugged and i still i still couldn't hear i couldn't hear a word dutch was saying like i just i just was like nodding it's one of those nodding and smiling situations um <laughs> but just the, the the adrenaline rush of that one was uh i couldn't even imagine what it's like to be an actual rock star like holy sh- like it's crazy <laughs> yeah you, you just hope he's not saying anything uh that's not good or whatever and you're just like smiling and laughing like yeah yeah, yeah that's cool that's cool but he's saying something really serious <laughs> it's like really oh. like it's, it's, an, it's an old bit or something and you're like oh god i am a horrible human yeah that would not work so well yeah uh let's talk about a little bit of football i know you're a huge fan obviously um uh, how would you become an Alabama Crimson Tide fan? And Nick Nick Saban, like, not, not many people like them. Uh, what's the deal with that? Yeah, no, no problem whatsoever. I uh, jumped the bandwagon, mm. so I'm really honest about this. When I got into TSN, uh, we have a lot of people in the newsroom who, who are huge football fans. At that point, I'd only been a, uh, like, an, like a monster NFL fan, actually a CFL fan too. Like I'll, I'll uh, say that when my dad, you know, we had season tickets to the Argos as kids and stuff. It was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, no, I, uh, I never really followed college football as much as I did. So I got in there and I was like, okay, well I got to pick a team. And then Alabama was winning everything. So why does anyone pick a team? Like if they don't have one, sure. You're gonna, you know, I know a lot of Patriot fans because mm, all they do is win. Right. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. yeah. And I just, uh, yeah, I'm totally, but I'll, like, I will admit I'm still like, like I want to see Bama win all the time, but like, I really, it's not anything near what I am of like a bears fan or like, 
like a like a Raptor fan, like not even not even close. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was actually going to bring up the Bears. I picked the team in the late '90s. Actually, uh, I picked the Seahawks because they were a nothing team and no one cared about. They were basically were a seven and nine team every single season. I was like, you know what? Let's just pick a team that uh, does is basically doing nothing. And thank goodness, I actually of all the sports teams that I have, including John Daly and that, because I love them. Uh, they've all broken my heart so many times. At least I had a good team like Seattle. That's uh, they've actually been pretty darn good for the last twenty years. Yeah, you know what? I I wouldn't hate it to be. You know what? Too, it's really cool too because in Canada there are so many Seahawks fans. So uh, I think yeah, yeah, I think there's a decent amount of Bear fans too. To be quite honest with you, but it's just a uh, it's a tough team to love. It really is. Well, I was gonna go. I was gonna delve deeply into that uh, whenever I bring up the names uh, Deshaun Watson and uh, Patrick Mahomes. I must just. Uh, uh, you know what? That's we didn't need to go thing. there. Wow, funny. This has yeah. been great. It's been great being on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I hate, like, I don't know if you saw, like, the NFL recently sent out these, like, IG posts, and they're like, what could have been? It was just Patty Mahomes just in a bear seat. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to unfollow this account. You, you always wonder, though, like, uh, obviously, talent wins over more often than not, but if a guy goes into a, a, a poor situation or whatever, uh, like you know how things could totally be totally completely different. Like maybe Patrick Mahomes doesn't become Patrick Mahomes if he goes to Chicago, or That's you so know, true. you exactly. just never know with the right coaching staff or the right situation. Obviously, a lot of these teams who are getting these quarterbacks are going into bad situations. It was kind of rare that KC and Eddie Reed, such a great coach and QB whisperer, that they already had a, a decent enough team when they got Mahomes because they already had Alex Smith. Like. It's pretty rare for a young QB to go into that great of a situation. A hundred percent. And like that's the thing too. Like we always say, oh, what could have been? Like I always remember being ticked. I mean, I was I've been ticked off at so many Raptors drafts. Like it's just been I was a huge um like I love obviously NCAA basketball. So I remember watching Andre Gudalo when he played for Arizona and I was like, Oh my god, like this guy is he's got everything. Like it's it's awesome. And then when we had a shot to get him, I was like, Oh my god, we're gonna draft this kid. And then we dropped Rafael Arugio. And I'm like, Oh, you gotta be like you've got to be kidding me. But again, too, I was like, Okay, if we get Iggy, but who, how would Iggy fit into that situation? You know what I mean? Instead he gets to go play with Iverson and probably a better team around him. So I, I don't know. I, exactly. We could all look back and say what ifs, but really who, who cares about thinking about, cause it didn't happen. Right. Mm-hmm. And obviously Chicago traded up uh, one spot to get Trubisky and everyone was ripping it, uh, ripping it at the time. But it's like, if Trubisky ends up being a really good quarterback, no one's going to remember or care that they give up those extra picks. If the player ends up being great, unfortunately, as at least so far, I'm assuming you'd rather have Nick full start this year uh, than uh, Trubisky or. Well, here's the problem, too, right? Like, I really thought that they had all the confidence in the world. And then the Foles thing happened. And I'm like, okay, I guess we don't have all the confidence in the world, to be quite honest with you. I mean, there were signs at the end of the season, especially, where I was like, okay, you know, but I really did think he'd make that leap, especially from a footwork perspective. But, I mean, I still think there's something there I want to believe. But, again, I'm just a Bears fan. Like, I'm going to tell you, like, all the positives, right? Mm. Um, but at least with Foles, it's a proven winner. Um, so I think I think you got I think you have to start with Foles. I think you do. Did you like uh, Jay Cutler back in the day? I, I always thought he was fascinating. It's too bad he's not on TV because I think he was about to go on TV and then he came out of retirement to play for the Dolphins. I think he could have been a star as an analyst because people, the expectations for him would have been so low and he would have brought a different perspective. I thought he would have been amazing on TV. It's, it's sad we okay, don't see well, it. Okay, well, see, here's the thing. That's a non-Bears answer right there. So... Uh, Jay Cutler was one of the most frustrating quarterbacks I could. <laughs> I, I, I can't even tell you. Um, the reason I am a, a Bears fan is because I have family in Chicago, and uh, the level of frustration in the city itself is just astronomical. I mean, when you see someone with all the talent in the world, and this goes across, I think, all sports, 
And there, it's just, I get it. Like the personality is different, right? Like he's not going to get out there and be like, yeah, like you're like a raw, raw type of guy. I get that. But my God, show some emotion at some point. You know what I mean? Hmm. Um, and it's just, he had a cannon of an arm, but just couldn't put it together. Albeit maybe there wasn't enough around him at times, but I mean, it was just year in and year out of, of just pure frustration. So Maybe he would have been better on TV. I don't know. I love Romo. I love like a guy like Romo on TV. I think Romo's the, the unbelievable. I loved him as as a quarterback as well. I, I never uh, it actually happened against Seattle uh, when he obviously bobbled the the ball in the, in the play, uh, wild card game, and then uh, almost that's the thing he doesn't get the credit in my estimation for. He bobbled the ball. I think most people that split that split second he would just freeze kind of or something. And then obviously he gets tackled right away. He right away got up and almost ran for that first down. Like he almost saved himself. I think uh, he should get more a little bit more credit for the fact that he at least was heady on that. I liked uh, Tony a, Romo. That's a, that's a, oh, so do I too. And I, like, and I think too, you can see it in the booth a lot more. He's crazy intelligent. You know what I mean? Like he knows the game so well. I just think too. I mean, the, the microscope in Dallas. Like I just I could not even imagine to be quite honest with you. And you're right. In any other like. In a smaller market, 100%, I think he would have gotten so much more credit for what he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've said this story in the pod before. Uh, uh, producer at work, George Nassios, big Cowboys fan. I saw Romo in preseason against Seattle years ago. I think it was in 06. And I, I was yep. like, this guy's really, really good. Holy crap. And I said to George, I go, this guy, he needs to be starting for your team over Bledsoe. Trust me, he's really good. And George's answer was, uh, "Who, Romo, who's this guy? He should be flipping pizzas in Italy somewhere. That was, that was his response. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Romo, he had a pretty darn good career. Uh, and that's the problem with the newsroom is there's just so many cowboy fans. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just – and I, I have nothing against them. Like, I really don't. I don't – it doesn't bother me. Like, I, I don't care. The Bears are so far removed from them. But, I mean, oh, my God. It's it's just exhausting. Yeah. Would, would you sign uh, Dak Prescott or would you move on from him if you're a cowboy uh, fan? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'd sign him. I just think the numbers that he was originally asking for were absolutely astronomical. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't think he's worth that. Like, he's not, he's not a Lamar Jackson. He's not a Patrick Mahomes. So, no thanks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think he's a very solid quarterback. I mean, for his size, the way he moves, uh, you know, I, I think he's a really, really good quarterback, but I just think that they got to come to something money-wise because I just think that that's outrageous. Oh, it, it definitely was. But now he has an, a real NFL head coach, uh, Jason Garrett. Uh, I'm still furious that Pete Carroll lost a playoff game to that guy because I don't think he's a real NFL head coach. But he has a real coach with Mike McCarthy now. He's actually yes. a good head coach. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to a point to see how well Prescott can do with a real coach because I don't want Dallas to do too well, being, of course, that they're in the NFC. Yeah, I know. I've seen Mike McCarthy enough in my lifetime after – having to watch us lose the Packers year in and year out. So I think, uh, yeah, I think that Dallas is going to be uh, quite pleased with that after, after getting rid of Garrett. Oh, absolutely. And I mentioned off the uh, top, I'll get you out of here on this, uh, the Hermarka Summit. Uh, tell us about that. So Hermark is something um, that myself and my team created about four years ago. About It is four years ago now. I've lost track of time in 2020. And uh, basically what I wanted was, you know, I just think Tia said, and they give us, uh, you know, a lot of opportunity. And, you know, I say stuff like the Craft Tour and Sports Center and the Raptors. Um, and our jobs are fun. Like our jobs are so much fun and they give us so much. And then you realize, okay, you know, after being there for a decade, maybe you do have a little bit of a voice in, in a certain way. Mm-hmm. So my big thing has always been women empowerment. And uh, that stems from people like Doris Burke, who gave me the opportunity to be a sportscaster um, and, and fought through a lot in an industry, you know, 20 years ago that was 100% dominated by by men. So 
I really wanted to give back in a way uh, that was meaningful to myself. And um, I'm really passionate about keeping girls in sports because I think there are far too many that drop out. And also showing these young women in our country who are absolutely amazing, in my opinion, that uh, that we have some incredible women in this country that hopefully um, they can they can follow their leads. So basically what I do is we bring them in for the day. We have a guest speaker off the top. We run them through uh, fitness stations, teach them a little bit uh, about c- certain activities, certain exercises that they can be doing. And uh, those are all run by as you know, some of our greatest female Olympians. So they get to meet some of these awesome women. And, uh, and then we do a nutrition uh, segment as well, which I'm incredibly passionate about too. So we're just kind of giving them you know, little tiny life skills that will help them stay on the right track. They're all there for a certain reason. They're a leader in their schools or in their communities. So honestly, it's just a day to, to motivate them and hopefully that they can you know, become this next generation of just absolutely incredible women uh, in this country. And who are some of the uh, better, uh, your favorite uh, guest speakers that you had there? <laughs> Oh man, there have been, uh, we've had so many. Kia, Kia was my uh, first guest speaker off the top, Kia Nurse. And uh, we just been, wrapped up, uh, and I tell her this all the time, we just wrapped up the nutrition segment and she came in at the end to talk to the girls. And uh, she's, one of the girls asked in the program, she goes, uh, what, like, what's your routine? She's like, I wake up, I eat a bowl of Lucky Charms. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, you're killing me here. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Kia's been amazing. I mean, Heather Moyes came in a couple of years back. Uh, God, we've had uh, Rosie McLennan. Uh, gosh, we've had like uh, just like all like all our Diana Matheson, all the soccer girls came, uh, Natalie Spooner, all the hockey girls, Laura Stacy. It's just it's endless. Like I can't even go through the you know Jana Hefford. As I said, we just have the most amazing uh, Olympians in this in this country, and they're so willing to do anything. They really are. So uh, it's just really cool that the girls. It's it's a good way for the girls to be able to connect with them. Oh, that's uh, that's uh, wonderful and. Uh... I appreciate you uh, taking the time to be on the podcast. It was a lot of fun uh, chatting with you, and uh, best of luck to the Bears to a point. I don't want them to do too well as well. So hopefully there is NFL. Uh, you know, it's, uh, with the MLB going on right now with, with the Miami Marlins situation, uh, that, that league or that season, uh, it's teetering, I think, on possibly having uh, to be canceled. So hopefully we do get NFL. That's the one sport, more than to me anyway, more than any, but with the one team sport that we just absolutely need to have. Yeah, and you know what? I think uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens with baseball, but hopefully they can learn some stuff of what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, thank you so awesome. much, Kate. I appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me. That was tons of fun talking to Kate Burness. She's a phenomenal broadcaster who's very versatile, and she definitely is an inspiration for women and men who are aspiring to be sports broadcasters. And wouldn't it be epic to see the Raptors going on their deep playoff run with basketball starting up? I can't say I share the same enthusiasm, however, for the Bears to do it, go Seahawks. I always like to ask about embarrassing moments on air when I get hosts on the podcast because it humanizes them, and it's fun to make fun of our mistakes. Embrace them. Lord knows I've had my share of them doing this podcast, and it's fun to joke around about it. Thank you so much for listening to episode 33 of the H-Dog Pod. Bang! This has been the H-Dog Pod with host Michael the Hound Dog Harrison. Bang! 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 Bang!